and welcome you on into another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. It's Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Ballard here to give you the latest in the sporting world. Mitch, thank you so much for uh, joining me again to the start of the week. And again, happy Victory Monday to you and all of our listeners out here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show YouTube channel and elsewhere. Two Victory Mondays in a row. I'm here better than ever. Dude, it is a... Very, it was a very good week for the state of Ohio and sports in general. I even got my hold on, I got my Columbus crew snapback here that I got at the Aurora Farm store a few great, years ago. Great place, Aurora Farm, yeah, yeah. I actually worked at the Nike store there one summer. Uh, but enough about my old jobs, let's talk about this uh episode, which of course you can uh go and check out on our podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And SoundCloud, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, of course, audio only, Spotify, and this here on YouTube are video including. So you can also go to our website, BigTimeSportsOhio.com. You can also uh, check us out on Twitter at BTS Ohio. Uh, similar colors like this hat, black and yellow, uh, which are Steelers colors, so that seems counterproductive. Um, but I know, I know what it's really for. And then, of course, at Mitch Spinell, at Mitchell Bala, and on Facebook and Instagram, you can find the the, the network at Big Time Sports Ohio. So, Mitch, let's get into it. Sunday was a, an interesting one in Houston, so to say, a game in which the Browns did not score an offensive touchdown in the contest. They So no points were produced by the offense. It was defense and special teams, uh, two aspects that have been really struggling this year, stepping up against one of the worst squads in the NFL. With all due respect to the Texans, you are 1-10-1. That being said, it feels like a win with a caveat this week because of the return of of Deshaun Watson, the sort of struggles you saw from him throughout the game, especially early on, uh, having a couple of turnovers, and of course, sort of the general disconcerting that uh, came from his return as well. I mean, what do you take away from a victory in this sort of style? Because it feels like it's just such a, it's like, yeah, we won, but it's like, yeah, we should have won. And yeah, there's it's like a yeah, but sort of game to me, at least. A win's a win. I'm never going to downplay a win after uh, having to watch one in 31 <laughs> in my lifetime. Deshaun Watson looked like the Deshaun Watson I expected on the field yesterday. 700 days without playing a game, Mitch. I mean, it's been a long time since he's been on the field. He only what played one quarter. I think it was nine offensive snaps in the preseason. Uh, he's rusty. And I think there was, there's things you cannot simulate and emulate in practice, right? You cannot, I mean, obviously when you're going against your own guys in practice, they are not going to hit you. They're not going to sack you. Uh, we know that that's not allowed for the most part. Uh, usually you're fine. If you do, if somebody is to go through and tackle you during a practice, he was, he looked bad. I mean, he looked bad. There's no way around that, but for the first time all season, the Browns have played complimentary football. For the first time all season, the defense and special teams in over 120 plus games, Mitch, we finally had a punt return for a touchdown. The last person, Travis Benjamin against what might've been the Titans. If not, that was a kickoff against the Titans, but he was the last one to return a punt for a touchdown for the Browns. Some people thought it was Josh Cribs and the defense stepped up having two uh, scores, one on the fumble out of the end zone, picked up by Ward returned. And then Tony Fields, after he picked, picked off the ball, batted in the air for a touchdown. This was the first team in the NFL since the 90s, sometime in the 90s, to score over 20 points and win a game without an offensive touchdown with all the points coming 
excuse me, all the touchdowns coming via special teams or defense because we did have two field goals. Um, that's how we got to 27 points. A win is a win. The only thing that people are going to say, well, is if you played anybody else, you were, you would have lost. And that's true. But guess what? We didn't play anybody else. We played the Houston Texans who are the worst team, worst team in football. And Deshaun Watson's only get, going to get better. I don't think we're going to see the Deshaun Watson from Houston at all this season. I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see it probably till about week five next year, because as soon as the season's over in five more games, a long break, and then you get back to training camp, yada, 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 but I'll take it. The run game wasn't working yesterday. Deshaun Watson struggled. He had one or two plays, Mitch, that come to mind. There was one where he escaped a sack that if Jacoby Brissett was back there, he 100% was getting sacked because we know Jacoby is not uh, as elusive as Deshaun. And I think the timing and everything's off the hand, you know, where he wants to throw the football, he spikes some into the ground. I think he was trying to do too much, but it's victory Monday. I'm not going to complain that much. It's about what I expected. You should have been able to beat the Texans with any of the quarterbacks. The Browns have had recently under center. That's how bad the Texans are. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I'm kind of on that same boat. I, I'm coming around more so that a, win, a victory is a victory. And then you move on to face Cincinnati this week, who looks they're looking good, man. They're eight and four. Now they're top. They're tied to top the division with the Ravens and they just beat the chiefs for the third time, third straight time. And, uh, you know, that team is, I think is going to be the top. They're not, I don't know if they're going to be the top seed in the AFC by the year's end, but they're definitely going to be the most dangerous team in my opinion, going into the postseason If they do clinch that spot, by the way, we just got some news here during our recording that the Ravens game the following week on December 17th has been moved to 4:30, so it's a mid-afternoon semi-primetime matchup on uh, which is interesting. That'll be an interesting one because if the Browns make a big run, then it'll be like, oh, if they, especially if they beat Cincinnati, it's like, oh, well, maybe they can uh, climb themselves back in the race. And then Baltimore's got to deal with their own thing right now because Lamar Jackson might be out a couple days, a couple weeks. D- didn't say out for the season though, which is more than you can say for a couple of other quarterbacks that we'll get to here in a bit. So the one thing to note is you said it's the 17th, which is a Saturday. So that does give the Browns a full week before they play the New Orleans Saints on Saturday, which is Christmas Eve. Yep. Mitch, you're right. We saw Lamar Jackson leave early in the first quarter yesterday. He does not return. The Baltimore Ravens do what the Baltimore Ravens do. They have a bunch of breaks that go their way in a game. Against the Broncos. And I mean, come on. I, I know, but I mean, honestly, have you seen a team in our division get more breaks than the Baltimore Ravens with how things work out for them recently? <laughs> The interesting thing, and this is obviously off tangent with the Browns, it'll get tied back in, trust me. Lamar Jackson goes down, and immediately, I think the the thing we do as humans nowadays is we go right to social media to see some things. And the take right away was, this is why Lamar should, should have taken a contract. Now he's hurt, you know, now he's not going to get his money. On the flip side, Mitch, the Ravens scored with 26 seconds left in the game to take the lead. Yes. I think on the flip side, this is all the reason the Ravens should sign Lamar Jackson to an extension. Maybe not the guaranteed money he's looking for, but that's not a team that the Ravens should have only beat by a point. No. And really, if the Broncos just had a head coach and a quarterback, let's let's make this clear, a quarterback that had any awareness, because Russell Wilson has none this year, they, they would have won that game. I don't know why Russ did the two plays he did on the final drive. Uh, running that they came up about five yards short on the target line for the field goal attempt for McManus, which shocker, the field goal was right down the middle and it fell short. 
geez, I wonder why they have a target line. But the Ravens just signed Tyler Huntley to an extension, Mitch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. They signed Tyler Huntley to a contract extension today. I saw that. What does that say? And does that not say more about maybe how long Lamar might be out? Now, they didn't say it was season ending. The Ravens are still in first place in the uh, AFC North division. I don't think we'll see Lamar Jackson here in what's now going to be, you know, a little under two weeks since we play on the Saturday afternoon. Are the Ravens maybe hinting that they don't think they need Lamar? Or are they saying that Huntley is just as good as Lamar and they want to make sure they always have the same type of quarterback to back him up if they do sign and or what I expect is a franchise tag? I don't think they're they think that he's as good as Lamar. I think he might have a similar style and he was serviceable enough for them last year, starting four games playing in seven in which he had a thousand yards passing a a QBR of 76.6, three touchdowns and four interceptions. So it's kind of like for me, a lesser extension of the Jacoby Brissett situation where he's not your number one guy, but he can be a guy if absolutely necessary. And, you know, what happened this morning didn't happen yesterday when they made that deal. So I'm looking at it as there it's, it's sort of like damage control. Right. Baltimore has a guy that they can rely on for at least a couple more weeks, if not the rest of the year. And if Lamar comes back, great. If not, then, Oh, well, we have something that won't completely derail our season. So, and we, that, that's my transition over to the other quarterback that got hurt yesterday. I, after getting that huge break early in the year with Trey Lance going down, Jimmy Garoppolo has the same unfortunate fate, a foot injury that is going to cost him the rest of the year. So now you're looking at, well, it's not CJ Beathard, but it was Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant, Mitch. Yeah. The this, last this, pick is in the the se- this is what the second ever quarterback to ever make it to play in the NFL. I, be- I do believe so. That was the second Mr. Irrelevant, which for those out there that don't know, is the last pick in the NFL draft. It does not yep. mean quarterback. It is the last overall pick, which is 256. Number 256. Yep. Which is what he was. It is now the second Mr. Relevant quarterback to make a or to come into the game and actually play. And Mitch, he played well. Yeah, he threw what a pair of touchdowns, got them the victory. And I mean, that San Francisco team like Cincinnati is just they're they're also on a roll right now. But that's going to be a a huge uh, stick in the season right now. And I'm wondering if today's news might cause San Francisco because they do not have to make a trade in this case would pursue somebody like Baker Mayfield, who was officially placed on waivers by the Panthers today. What? Seven games, Mitch. What a, what a fall from wherever he was, man. It's, it's crazy. And that just shows you how fast things change the NFL. Right. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I, I didn't believe in him. I mean, Mitch, I watched him lead us to the playoffs. I watched the playoff win. I watched us come within really one play, of having a chance to beat Kansas city in Kansas city in the playoffs. I mean, he gave me the best season of my life so far. And if there's any Browns fan that has been a fan of the team since 99 and says, that's not the best season of their life, then I don't know uh, what you've been watching and, or you're not a fan, a fall, a total fall from grace. Uh, It was mutual. I don't know if everybody out there has seen it. Obviously the first thing you see is the Ravens have cut, or the, excuse me, the Panthers have cut Baker Mayfield. He asked for his release. I think it's pretty inevitable. He asked for it because he knows San Francisco. 
late last night, early this morning before Baker was released in Josh Johnson. Um, we, I should have looked it up. This has to be what team number 16 for Josh Johnson. I mean, he's the, he's the ultimate journeyman quarterback in the history of the NFL, probably one of the best players in terms of getting as much money without having to actually play. So respect to him. It's pretty inevitable. He's either going to go there, Mitch, or I think there's a chance he's going to go sign with the Raiders because Josh McDaniels loved him when he was with the Patriots in the draft. There's rumors swirling that Derek Carr won't be the Raiders quarterback next year, which I don't know if I buy that, but I don't think we have ever in the history of the national football league seen a former number one pick back up a Mr. Irrelevant in the NFL. Wait, wait, wait. You'd say you think you think Purdy would be the starter in San Francisco? Well, at least this week. Absolutely. Because if Baker oh, does, okay. Baker's going to have to clear waivers, right? It's going to yeah, take another day. Yeah, yeah. He oh, can go wow, to San Francisco that's... now. But think about it. There, I, Mitch, I, this is not a skill position player. This is not like Christian McCaffrey who got, what, two, three days there and then implemented into the offense right away. This is a guy that's going to have to learn now what, if I'm not mistaken, his sixth different playbook in five years. I mean, what, how many times did he go through it in Cleveland, now Carolina? And maybe it was twice in Carolina since they switched coaches, and now he's going to San Fran. But this could be a hot take, and I'm not saying Baker's going to, you know, ever be back to what he was. Don't be surprised, though, Mitch, if when the year ends, if he stays in San Francisco, they let Jimmy G walk because it was a one-year deal he signed, and Trey Lance, we don't know what he is yet. Kyle Shanahan has a very good track record of playing to the quarterback's strengths, no matter who they are, starting all the way back in Washington with Kirk Cousins the year that he balled out and then got franchise tagged. Brian Hoyer in Cleveland when he started the Browns out to 7-4 and four before we know what happened there with Johnny Manziel. And then Atlanta, Matt Ryan wins an MVP. They go to the Super Bowl. And now out into San Francisco where they've made a Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo has been very, very good for a number of times. Don't be surprised if Baker does have a little resurgence if he ever gets the opportunity. But this is just one of the biggest stories and one of the biggest downfalls we've ever seen in terms of a player in the NFL. Definitely one of the more recent ones. I don't know about overall. I'd have to go back and look at that. I'm just looking up the Mr. Irrelevant stuff with Brock Purdy now. Uh, Maybe the best, maybe the most relevant Mr. Irrelevant since uh, there was a guy named Tyrone McGriff who was drafted by the Steelers with a 333rd pick in the 1980 draft. And he played just three seasons, but he did make the all rookie team. So that's at least like, that's a wow. big jump from obviously the big, the most successful story has been kicker Ryan Suckup or uh, Sukup, who has been uh, the, the Tampa Bay kicker for a while. He's got the Super Bowl. He's, he's one of the better kickers in the NFL, but again, skill positions. It's very, very rare for something like this. And congratulations to Purdy. He was the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to throw a touchdown pass in the National Football League. So when we come back, we'll be going into uh, more stuff around the the world of sports, including uh, the college football playoff rankings released yesterday and other stuff around this podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, We'll be back right after this. Hey there, folks. It's Mitch Bunnell alongside Mitchell Bala. Before we get into our next segment, I want to remind you guys of the upcoming schedule for this week for big-time sports programming. All the games, all the shows. You start off on Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Friday at 10 p.m. You can check out 
our big time sports show with the new Philadelphia Quakers girls basketball team, or at least members of the team. And you can also see some of the games for this week, including the Worcester generals traveling to Dover to take on the tornadoes, as well as the new Philadelphia Quakers against Mansfield Madison. Those basketball games will be on replay. The Worcester Dover game will be replayed on Tuesday at 1030 and Wednesday at 3 p.m. And the Quakers versus Mansfield game will be on Friday at 11 p.m. and Saturday at 2 p.m. Mitch, kind of take us through the stark uh, relevant stuff that we'll be seeing this week. Well, just like down in Tuscarawas County, we have a lot going on here at Stark County, starting with the Canton South Wildcats boys basketball team. Some members and their coach on our television show of the Wildcats boys team will be on. You can watch that. Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. and Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. Now, for the games of the week here in Stark County, we have the Glen Oak Golden Eagles at the Perry Panthers on Tuesday night. That replay time, Tuesday night at 10.30 p.m. and Wednesday at 5 p.m. And then come this weekend, you have the Lake Blue Streaks hosting the Jackson Polar Bears. That replay time is 11 p.m. on Friday night and then once again Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And just a reminder, you can check out all of these here on your local cable TV channels, Spectrum 15 and 989, as well as MCT 128. You can also go online to WIVMTV.com and check out us out on Twitter, BTS Ohio. You can also go to our website, BigTimeSports.com, or download our special app, the LocalBroadcastNetwork.com app. And you can also go check out Big Time Sports today on SoundCloud, Twitter, and Facebook. Buying a home has never been so affordable with record low interest rates. Hartzler's Quality Housing is ready to put over 40 years of experience to work for you. Family owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's has a wide selection of model homes on site with a knowledgeable team to help make your new home a reality. Open six days a week, visit them off I-77 in Dover or online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing, quality from start to finish. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young and Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. 
When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Trying them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show, Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Ballas. So, Mitch, you know, man, sometimes in life, as hard as you try and as hard as you work, sometimes it's not about what you do or what you've done or what you've been able to do. It's about who you know or it's where you are in a given situation. In this case, the Ohio State Buckeyes, after getting their asses kicked by Michigan two weeks ago, are now fourth in the college football playoff released yesterday. The Buckeyes are back in, and they have just as much a shot as anybody, Mitch, going into this game against the Georgia Bulldogs, while Michigan has to face off now with TCU. If I'm not mistaken, I believe an Ohio State team once got in, and there was a lot of controversy about when they got in, number four seed, and then I believe they played this unbeatable team from the SEC that nobody Mm. was going to beat that year, and I believe the Buckeyes took it to them. And then I believe they played the team in the national championship that had a Heisman trophy winner that nobody yeah. thought was going to lose to Ohio state then and then uh, Ohio state beat them. So this is just kind of weird because Mitch, I, I believe Ohio state made the college football playoff this year. Yes. As the number four seed. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, people that are com- complaining about it, especially those folks down South that think that the team with two losses oh, yeah, uh, yeah. should get in. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure if I, if I can read brackets correctly, they play this team, from the SEC that nobody thinks has a shot to lose to Ohio State. They actually think they're just going to run away and win the national championship again. Um, and then they're going to play a team, potentially if they win in the national championship, that may or may not have a Heisman Trophy winner. Side note, this is the worst Heisman Trophy race we've had in, in years. Uh, but it's funny how things stack up. I told you this back in the MLB playoffs. Just get in. Just get that's all you have to do, and now you know what is ahead of you, and it's against Georgia. And you are playing Georgia in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl on December 31st at 8 p.m. And uh, if I believe when we played Alabama, that was a game in Louisiana, but pretty close to Alabama last yeah. time I checked the map. And uh, now you're playing at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, which uh, last time I checked, Atlanta is in Georgia. So this is going to be another home game for Georgia. It doesn't matter. This is all you wanted. And I do think the committee got it right. Let me start there. We have still never seen a two-loss team make it, and rightfully so. Um, honestly, Mitch, the biggest loser, if you listen, if you watched the whole show yesterday, the biggest loser, which I don't necessarily agree with, but going off how things went, the biggest loser in all this was Clemson by getting blown out by South Carolina yes. because they had one loss. Yes. They're probably the four seed. They really are. Now, I don't agree that they are the best team. I don't think they're a top 17 no. in the country this year. But going off how we saw things fall, Clemson, if they just don't get blown out by South Carolina, is probably the four seed. And so this is the first time in the college football playoff era that either Alabama or Clemson are not in it. And Alabama fans are crying. And, you know, Nick Saban tried his little plead on Saturday night and everything. It is what it is. Ohio State got in. And the committee showed you that they thought Ohio State's whole body of work weighed more, in their opinion, than one loss to Michigan at home, which they got blown out. They got their asses kicked. There's no way around that. But Ryan Day said it best yesterday. They get a second chance at life. And now, for everybody out there that was against Ryan Day and CJ Stroud, me included, this is your legacy game. That's what it is. Yeah. 
Okay, this and Jim Knowles, this defense we saw all year, oh, how great this defense is. This is your legacy game. Okay, either Ryan Day is going to now get into the college football playoff and end up, I believe, one and two if they don't beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud is going to go winless against Michigan and then winless in the college football playoff if they don't beat Georgia, or they're going to show that it was a fluke loss against Michigan and that they can beat the number one team in the country that has been number one all season long. And I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think we're going to see two teams be tested in areas that they had not been tested at all this year. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that, except for that point you made about uh, what was it that uh, I'm trying I'm trying to think of it now where Ohio State. I, like if they lose that, I remember now if they lose to Georgia in this matchup, I don't necessarily think that's the legacy Thing. What is the legacy thing is if you can beat Georgia and get back to playing Michigan, because I don't expect TCU to beat Michigan at all. I, I'm just going to put that out there right now. If they do, fantastic. But seeing where these two teams are, I, I, I can't imagine TCU's offense doing enough to keep up with Michigan. I think that's the legacy game. If they lose to Georgia, I'm like, yeah, Georgia was the best team. Like, I get it. It's whatever. But you win that one, the pressure's on because if you get, yeah. if you get the, if you get the game, the game in the national championship game for the first time ever, that it's going to be like, you thought the 2006 game, number one versus number oh. two was for all the stakes, for all the marbles, like the, the would be national championship. This is the national championship. And that's going to be the most vitriol, nasty, disgusting side by side between two programs and i'm going to be here for every second of it oh absolutely and it's going to be the biggest game for one side to win that is going to always allow the other to talk their crap to each other right Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter right if if ohio state michigan play in the national championship and ohio state beats michigan this season it didn't matter that ohio state lost to michigan and it didn't matter they didn't win the big 10 no right they can hold that over Michigan that they won the game that meant everything. And Michigan, if they beat Ohio State, then Ohio State, us included, Mitch, we have to shut our mouths because yeah, there's no way around it. But that would that would make fully make up two decades of dominance that Ohio State has oh, had on them. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And now we have a long ways to go to get there, right? We've seen crazier things happen in college football and the college football playoff. I, I'm with you. I don't see how TCU beats Michigan. Ohio State's going to have their hands full. And the nice thing, Mitch, and I think you've seen teams in the past in all sports, it's happened to them. For a lot of teams, beating Georgia would be the national championship, right? Oh, my gosh, we just beat the number one team in the country. This is the team that nobody could beat. We beat them. Now we're going to win the national championship. Whereas if you're Ohio State and you beat Georgia, you know that wasn't even your biggest test because now – not only do you want to win a national championship, but it's against your arch rival who's humiliated you two years in a row. And the coach and quarterback can erase all doubt that we have about them if that matchup happens. But I am excited. I think the committee got it right. I was on board saying I think TCU should have stayed three because I don't know how you were yeah. going to punch a team that made their conference championship and lost closely to a team they already beat. Mm-hmm. And really, they lost because their coach trusted the team to go for it. And well, they came yeah. up short and their quarterback was, I mean, Mitch, their quarterback was could, could barely stand up straight. I Mac know, but he, but he, sh- he still should have ran it. He still, oh, I, still I should have ran him. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm just saying like that. 
I think is something the committee maybe took in into account. Right. As much as we wanted to see Ohio State and Michigan play each other in the semifinal, I think the committee thinks that the opportunity there could be for either a all Big Ten or the SEC versus Michigan. Yeah. In a rematch of last year's semifinal, it's a win-win in their in their books. And granted, the committee didn't they said they didn't take into account the the sort of matchups that you would have in a situation like this, which uh, I, I respect. Call, I call BS. They they said they didn't take into account TV ratings. That being said, it's it's nicer that you would you could get a potential matchup of OSU versus Michigan in the final compared to the semifinal. And you know, Alabama's just kind of on the outside looking in this year. It sucks for them. Don't lose to don't lose to Tennessee, who then got beat by South Carolina bad, and don't lose to LSU, who dropped the ball against Texas A&M. LSU could have made it as a two-loss team. They could have, really but they dropped the ball against a five and six Aggie squad for whatever reason. Then speaking of dropping the ball, like Friday night was the biggest sigh of relief when you see Utah just store back that first start of the game, Mitch. That looked like it was going to be the beginning of the end for the Utes. Yep, Caleb Williams is going to. Yep coast on that game he was going to solidify his chances of winning the heisman and in my mind he still might be the front runner but boy oh boy like that i don't know what happened like the utah was it was running wild on them they were getting key defensive stops and for whatever reason this is another example of a lincoln riley squad as amazing as their offenses can be they just can't get it done in the big games and and listen i'll hear to the fact that caleb williams wasn't 100 obviously anybody watching the game saw that but at the same time with how dominant Lincoln Riley offenses have been and how dominant they had been all year, you'd think they would have been able to game plan around Williams weakness. Mitch Utah just said enough is enough, right? Really? After the first quarter, they said, all right, you know what? This is enough. We're, we're going to pin our ears back. We're going to put pressure on Williams. We're not going to let you guys beat us anymore. And that Utah team wanted that PAC 12 championship again. And obviously they're going back to the Rose bowl, but that Utah team is tough. And I think it's going to be a bit of an eye-opener for Lincoln Riley now because I think that Lincoln thought, okay, you know, we lost this team by one on the road mid-season, night game there, you know, we should be able to come in here and win. And Mitch, everybody, ha- over half the media was crowning USC as the Pac-12 sure. champion. You, you think, you, you'd think they'd learn something by that close loss to not get further beat in that game, which I like that it was a similar style that Ohio State lost to Michigan in one week later against with all respect to to Utah who took a lot of big hits in that game a worse team than Michigan yeah no 100 it, it was it was awesome and, and to be honest I I really don't know where this Heisman race is I I personally thought if TCU would have won on Saturday you might have had to say Max Duggan was the Heisman trophy winner Maybe. just because of the guts he showed TCU going undefeated I mean it right now it's all of a sudden Stroud and Williams are back at the top Corum will probably get the invite mm-hmm. I don't think he can realistically win it because he did leave and then didn't play in the biggest game. Didn't play in the big 10 championship. Is Bryce young going to go back as a invite is Marvin Harrison jr. I mean, we don't know. And to me, if it is Caleb Williams, this is not a knock on Caleb. Let me be clear, but this is one of the worst Heisman trophy races we've seen in recent memory because if Williams wins, it's a guy that only half the country gets to watch every week because he kicks off at 10 o'clock at night on the East coast. We don't get to stay up and see him. All we see are the good plays or some of the bad plays that he makes in a game and during highlights, it's it's just weird. I mean, I feel like the past decade, you've had one or two guys every single year that you would say, that's the Heisman Trophy winner. It's one of those two where you're sitting here saying you could you think it's still Williams. I'm sitting here saying, 
I don't know who it could be. And there's other people out there saying it's Stroud. There's people saying it's Duggan. Is there somebody we're not talking about? I mean, we have no idea, but thank you, Utah. Thank you. I love that state. I love that team. Um, they are just a great organization, great university, top, top, top up there, right next to Ohio state. Now, in my opinion, um, thank you. Thank you for letting us get in the college football playoff. Yeah. And the coach and the coach will tell you, you're welcome. Like even he knew, even he knew what was going on, but the guy that you really quick before we go to break, the guy that you said, we might not be even talking about for the Heisman that I think might get an invite. What is your take on Stetson Bennett? Because the guy put up a big game against LSU won the conference championship is the quarterback of the number one team in the country is his, his numbers aren't amazing, but that could warrant him enough of a, at least a, an invitation to the ceremony. Yeah. And it would be a good story, right? This is a kid that really thought about leaving Georgia. I believe he left and then came back to Georgia. Uh, was never going to be the starter and let alone they win a national championship. And now he's back slinging the ball all over the field. That's somebody you could be talking about, Mitch. I mean, th- there's, here's the thing. We're not voters. We don't get the, we don't get the ballot on who we're going to vote for or who's going to get the invite to New York. I wouldn't be shocked. I generally feel like if you're a number one team in the country, somebody from that team goes to the Heisman trophy presentation, just because you generally have somebody worthy enough if you're undefeated number one, but I could see it. I could also see him not because he's spread the ball around so much at Georgia, if that makes sense. Where Stroud, granted, he has spread the ball spread the ball out a lot as well. We know who his number one target is. We know what type of numbers Marvin Harrison Jr. has put up. And Mitch, maybe that's somebody. Maybe. Is he a dark horse? Does he get an invite? I mean, he's put up insane numbers. I'm going to be honest with you. If I were to put well, if you could only take one Ohio State candidate to New York, I might. Mm, part of me might want to take Harrison over Stroud. I'm. I am. I am taking Harrison over Stroud. I know you have to. I know it's the quarterback that throws in the ball, but at the same time, how many catches did we see this year that we haven't seen from any of our stud wide receivers in years past? Make and just the type of player he is. Um, and not to mention, Mitch, that I don't think a lot of people talk about it. The pressure that is on him probably that he either feels from the media and or his family. I mean, let's, yeah. let's keep in mind, folks, his dad is right down the road here in Canton, Ohio with a bronze bust and has a gold yeah. jacket in his closet. Cause he's a hall of famer. Um, I mean, that's, that's an insane amount of pressure, whether he wants to admit to it or not. And so that's just another reason, but I, I, for one, I'll go on record. I would say I'm for Marvin Harrison jr. Being the nominee over Stroud. If you could only take one from Ohio state. Fair enough. Only since 1991, only two uh, primary wide receivers have taken home the Heisman. Uh, but one was very recently. We had Devonta Smith yeah. two years ago, and of course Desmond Howard back in 1991. Also, it lists Eric Crouch in 2001 as a quarterback slash wide receiver. I'm not giving him that. I'm not giving him that at all. So there. Uh, that's what we have for the college football talk. We'll be back right after these messages. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. 
You asked for it and we listened. Buckeye Career Center is now offering certified nail technician as an adult education program. This 216 hour course begins in November and will run Tuesday through Thursday evenings from 5 to 9 p.m. Learn manicures, pedicures, infection control, salon operations, and more. Other part time certification courses starting this fall include phlebotomy and welding. Call 330 339 2288 to register or visit buckeyecareercenter.org for more information. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for Introduction to Beekeeping, Basic Small Engine Repair, and Sign Language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care. Back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show, Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Bala. So, Mitch, now we go from college to uh, the high school slate, where we are officially now done with the high school football season. The state championships have been set. Congratulations to all seven of the teams, and as well as the seven runner-ups who uh, fought very hard to get to where they were at the end of the season. Mitch, there were a lot of games to get through uh, the last three days over in Canton, uh, over at the Hall of Fame Stadium. Starting on Thursday was a very interesting one between uh, the Division II finalists in Toledo Central Catholic and Archbishop Holbin. Now, Central Catholic looked like they were going to run away with it. It got really crazy, 28-7. to And then Mr. Football himself, Lamar Sperling, nearly did it all by himself to bring that Knights team back in. And unfortunately for them, they fall short for the second straight year. Mitch, I know that you covered almost all, if not all of them at Tom Benson hall of fame stadium. I am happy you got to see Lamar Sperling in person. Um, obviously I know you were busy covering the game, updating social media and everything. I was texting you here and there about the game. Um, what a performance from Mr. Ohio. How many times, Mitch, have you seen a team down 21 points in their last game of the season in which time is a factor and they hand the ball off? I mean, you don't see that quite often. Lamar Sperling is as good as advertised. He was announced Mr. Football in the state of Ohio earlier that day uh, before Hoban took the field in the Division II state championship game. Um, I don't think it was there was any doubt. I thought he was the most deserving player. 
His numbers are ridiculous. I believe it was over 3,500 yards rushing, uh, 55 touchdowns before the state championship game. Just an unreal player, video game-like numbers. And Hoban comes up short for the second straight year. And you have to give credit to Toledo Central Catholic, right, Mitch? I mean, they played a great game. Um, I believe in the first half when we were texting back and forth, you said that it was the quarterback making plays for Central Catholic, you know, using his legs a little bit. Um, getting away from pressure. But for Hoban, obviously it's not how you wanted to end the season, especially this is two years in a row where you've ended it that way, but it's still a phenomenal season, right? I mean, I'm sure looking back on it right now, you're still not happy with it, but I'm sure this is something much later down the road that they're going to look back and say, you know what? We did have two of the best teams in the state of Ohio two years in a row. We just got outplayed or we didn't play our game that night. Um, and real, really, Hoban played their game to a degree, Mitch, but it was another part of the ball that or another side of the ball that really hurt them. And it was still on the offensive side of the ball. It was the passing game, Mitch. And you can, you can talk about what happened there and what Toledo central Catholic did to stop Hoban's passing attack. Yeah. It got to a point where, and, and give credit to central's defense, but it got to a point where, especially near the end of the game, when uh central punted the ball back, I think it was around the 10 yard line with about uh, maybe half a minute to go. If that, you're thinking to yourself, there's no way, especially because the Hoban didn't have any timeouts to work with, I believe. And that was just a tough way for them to go out. But again, congratulations to Central. And then on on Friday, we had three winners. Uh, South Range completed the unbeaten season, defeating Ironton uh, 53-27 to in a, a heck of a performance by South Range there. I mean, they had a great uh First half, especially, they were out 32 to 14 at the break and just kept adding on and on and on. Uh, Billy Skrebeck had three touchdowns in the air, 331 passing yards and three touchdowns on the ground, giving him six for the state final. One of the finest performances we've seen from a single player in the championship in a long time. And this was a team that was hungry and determined to get back or not only just get here, right? Their they're, season had ended twice in back-to-back years to Kirtland in, I believe, the regional final. And South Range finally gets over the hump, gets to the state final four, wins their semifinal game, and just runs away in the state championship game to win the state championship, like you said, Mitch. What, 50? I don't, I don't want to get 53 the score 53 to wrong. 27, yeah. 53 to 27, yep. I was going to say 52, but just really a exclamation point on a phenomenal season from a South Range team I saw in week three that I thought – had the looks of a team that could make a deep run. And I'm not surprised they went at it all like that. And that was the first of four titles that Northeast Ohio got to claim this weekend. Well, we also had Canfield winning the division three crown, uh, 35, 14 over Carroll bloom Carroll. That's another team that's been stopped a couple of times over the last few years. They finally got through past Chardon and are able to win this one. Congratulations to them. And also in the night game, Lakewood St. Ed's for the second straight year beating Springfield. This one, 28, 214. What a run since 2010 by this St. Ed squad. Six state titles now since 2010. Yeah, it's it's an incredible um really just run of dominance because that's what it's been. Even those those years they don't win it, Mitch, they make deep runs and make you think that, oh boy, they're gonna get there. And some years they get upset, but that's just high school football. They are a dominant team. They are the best team in the state of Ohio in Division One. Um, there's no argument about that. And we might have to have a conversation a different time, Mitch, or you can elect to have it today because there were some questionable comments after the game from the Springfield side, as this is the second year in a row they've met in the state championship. And the second year, the result has been the same. 
I don't know if you got to see those or hear those comments, but um, it's a subject that's uh, been hot and cold in the state of Ohio when it comes to high school sports. For sure. For sure. I do think that is a conversation for another day, but I think uh, in time we'll talk about uh, Marion local and Kirtland facing off again. They faced off in 2018. Now they faced off here and it was a very between midfield kind of game for both squads, but Marion local stays unbeaten 14 to six. Uh, you also had New Bremen pouring it on Warren JFK. New Bremen, by the way, this was a team back in like 2011, I think, was very close to having its football program dissolved. This yep. was just the, the interest was just not there. The team was not there. And since then, they've had uh, this championship along with 2020. So now they are building themselves up as one of the top uh, programs, especially in Division 7. And then Cleveland Glenville, the first public school in the cleveland area to ever win a state championship 26 to 6 over cincinnati wyoming so that's a big victory for ted ginn senior squad his first title as a longtime coach there has produced a lot of great talent including his son and uh yeah congratulations to them great it was a fun high school football season i mean i know you and i had a lot of games to cover a lot of good contests a lot of great teams that I think that eventually we started to pull for when it got to playoff time because we wanted to follow them as long as possible. But Mitch, at the end of the day, high school football in Ohio is always going to be at the top. And we know how much communities get involved, how much the cities get involved, and just how much it means here in the state of Ohio. And I can't wait to do it again in 2023. Me too. Uh, and that's all we have for this segment. So we'll be back right after these brief messages. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Hard work is something you're accustomed to. Van Nostrand Young understands that principle. Our access is achieved with organizations like Grange Insurance. Safety and prevention specialists utilize our VanCan assessments process to ensure that you and your colleagues are in the best hands. You want the safest environment for your business, and we can guide you there. Call Van Nostrand Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. If you're purchasing a new home, the team at Hartzler's Quality Housing is here to help. Take advantage of record low interest rates to make your new home a reality. Locally owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's Quality Housing has the experience to guide you through the process. You'll find a wide selection of model homes on site to fit any budget. Open six days a week just off I-77. You can also visit them online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing. Quality from start to finish. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. 
That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. And we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch, we didn't get to in our college football segment, but that's because we really wanted to focus on the playoff stuff. But there was some news yesterday that broke uh, regarding, or was two nights ago, actually, that re- regarding a huge, not huge, but like significant move in college football in terms of coaching. What did you make of Colorado deciding to hire Deion Sanders away from Jackson State to guide a program that has been kind of really struggling um, in, in conference play and just overall play in the last decade plus. I love the move for Colorado because I don't know how they were able to get Dion away. I'm shocked Dion left for this job, but I think Dion wants to go somewhere that isn't already at the top, if that makes sense, or isn't the big name, right? In my heart, I always believed he was going to end up at Florida State some way or another, you know, where he went to college. Although there's there's the rumors that the bridges burned because they never interviewed him the first time they had an opening. I think this is a great hire. I love Deion Sanders. I love Coach Prime. Um, I know that there's a lot of things out there right now that, you know, he's telling kids to enter the transfer portal. It's a 40-second clip of what was about a 15-minute conference. I really ask that people go watch the full clip because – it's not that he's telling kids to to enter the portal. It's the fact that he's going to weed out the kids that want to be there versus that don't want to be there and the kids that want to challenge themselves and want to prove they can play, not just the kids that I'm already on scholarship here, I'm going to play. Um, he is taking a new mindset, a new mentality to Buffalo Mitch for a team that I was 1-11 last year, has been in the basement of the Pac-12 for the past, you know, however many years. And he's going to go and make an impact right away. And in fact, we've seen the, the different sources and outlets already reporting how many four and five star recruits in the transfer portal have reached out to him and Colorado to come play for him. He has that type of pull because of obviously what he did as a player. And now what he's done it as a coach at a historical black college at Jackson state, uh, two straight conference championships. He is going to, I really think change this around and maybe not in a year or two. I think it's going to take a couple of years because you're going from, a much smaller conference where a lot of you could out recruit those schools strictly based off your name to the PAC 12 that now you have to compete with Oregon and Utah and USC, Oregon state, Washington, the list goes on and on. Obviously UCLA, USC leaving in two years. I love the move. I am all on board with coach prime. I, I just, I think this is a home run hire for Colorado, Mitch. I'm not sure how they got him. I really thought that if he ever left, it would have been for, a school that was notable for football, if that makes sense. Like Miami has been down, but I thought it would have been maybe a Miami of some sorts. I thought maybe it would have been uh, even a Cal out in California, but he goes to Colorado and I I firmly believe he'll turn it around. There's some people out there that think he's going to last two years and get fired. I don't think that's happening. And uh, I am adopting the Colorado Buffaloes as my second team. Yeah, you can't really tell at this point, but uh, and there were I saw an argument that people were said that Dion was using the Jackson State program to try and get a job like this. And first of all, it, it, to me, it was evident that if he would build up a program like this enough, that 
teams would be willing to take a risk on him. And Colorado is certainly one of them. I always assumed that with the way the Florida State program would be going, that he would be the one to try and, you know, uh, campaign for the job and eventually get the job out of just pure the fandom being like, OK, yes, let's bring this guy back. He can he can put something into this system. But the way they're going at it right now, they weren't bad this year, so they're not firing the head coach. Dion wasn't going to get that job this year. So he's like, all right, let me go to Colorado. Let me try to build that program back up. And then he gets, if he gets another opportunity later down the line, he would say a school like Florida state, he can do that. But what do you think about the people who are saying, Oh, he was using those kids and he, he was never going to stay. It, he made the claim like, Oh, he was trying to go against the grain and help out a, a different program like this. And then he just goes and joins a power five school. But did he not go against the grain and help out the program? Did, did he not do what he was trying to do the entire time? I mean, look, there, there's two ways that coaching goes. You either use a job as a step stool to get to another job, or you stay somewhere and you either get fired or you stay there so long that you have to leave eventually and you don't have another job to go to, right? It's, that's how it works. That's that's the cycle of coaching. You're either using a place as a, as a step to go to a higher place, or you're going to stay somewhere so long that once you have a couple of bad seasons, you're canned. Or you're going to ride it out till eventually you have to retire and or and or get fired. Uh, Luke Fickle just did the same thing, folks. I don't know if people are aware of that. He went to Cincinnati, he turned the program around, and now he left for a Big Ten school. I mean, what I can see the argument because he, according to you know Alabama and Texas A&M, stole five star recruits from him. I mean, that's just part of Dion being able to out recruit big time colleges. He has made it clear in his, in his meetings and in conferences that have been televised or caught on camera, that his goal is to put guys in a position to succeed and get them to the NFL. And to be honest, Mitch, I know that there's a lot of colleges that have a track record of doing that, but there's also a guy now who's done it and was one of the all-time greats. And is also a hall of famer that I'd want to do it for. And the big thing about building that program up and, you know, just kind of leaving them behind. There's also another video. I was deep in the Colorado Dion train last night. I really was. There's a video of him touring the facilities when he came for his meeting. And he left because he wants the type of facilities that Colorado has that Jackson State would not get him or didn't have. He wants his players to be able to have the best type of treatment. And he was in awe when he was going through these facilities saying, this is this coaching office is bigger than the room we had to meet with our players. So this is a locker room. This is a... I mean, Colorado is a spot where you come out of after practice, walk into a tunnel, you walk into a hot pool, you walk all the way down it, get out, you walk into a cold pool, walk all the way. I mean, just stuff that you would have never seen where he was. And it was frankly never going to happen, right? He could have won as many games as he wanted to, but when you're competing with top tier FBS division one teams that have the donors and the boosters to give you money, there's always, it's always going to be a difference and people can be mad at him. At the end of the day, though, the people that went there to play for him, they have an option, Mitch. They can enter the transfer portal. And if Dion really liked him that much, he'll bring them to Colorado. And if not, they'll either stay there for a new head coach or they're going to find somewhere else to play. That's fair. I mean, I can see that. As far as as far as Cincinnati goes, you mentioned Fickle, by the way. Uh, they got a new coach, Scott Satterfield from uh, Louisville. The Cardinals and uh, the Bearcats are actually going to be facing off in the Fenway Bowl. You mentioned uh, or just before we started filming today on December 17th. So that's an interesting hire. I don't know if the coaches will be on the field for that, but it'll be yeah, it's weird. interesting dynamic. And then, of course, uh, some news that came out this morning in baseball. I, I knew this was going to happen as soon as I saw that 
the Astros courted Jacob Degrom to a five, or excuse me, the um, uh, Rangers. Rangers, excuse me, courted Jacob Degrom for such a huge deal. The Mets knew they couldn't get him back, so they're going to go with the short-term game with the roster that they have by signing a veteran uh, starter, Justin Verlander, to a two-year, eighty-six million dollar deal. This is the reigning Cy Young winner three times in his career. Helped the Astros to the World Series championship. He'll now go back, or he'll now go to New York. Kind of a pretty significant loss for the Astros. I mean, I know oh, they. Yeah. You know they still have a number of good pitchers, but that's that's your ace. And now he's and it's an interesting move that he's taken now, basically for the forty three million dollars per year. Well, we know he wanted the money. He made it abundantly clear this whole past season about yep. why he would sign an extension. He was in it for the money. And the Astros, Mitch, had their doubts about signing him. Keep in mind, he's just coming off. This was the first year off Tommy John surgery on his throwing elbow. Yep, he's up there in age. If I'm not mistaken, he's late thirties, approaching early forties. You typically don't see this type of dominance for long from this type of a pitcher this old. So they had their doubts. I don't think the Astros were going to be anywhere near the $43 million asking price. And the Astros already started to spend money elsewhere. I think they realized they were not going to give him what they wanted. And so that's why they went out and got Jose Abreu. And if you're the Mets, really, Mitch, it's hard to say this is it because they there's no salary cap in baseball. But they have a two-year window right now before there's going to be a lot of question marks because they have Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. You lost Jacob DeGrom, and he's in Texas. He went after the money, and who knows what happens there. I thought, really, he went there to maybe court Clayton Kershaw. We just found out today Kershaw's resigning with the Dodgers for one year and $20 million. You just went out and signed a – I don't have his age. I don't know if you pulled it up, Mitch. An old pitcher that is still dominant, but with arm issues – for $86 million with a vesting uh, third-year option, with Max Scherzer, who had his own injuries this past year, with a lineup that can hit for power and get a lot of runs scored. But, Mitch, there, time runs out. We know. We know that nobody is undefeated against time. And these two guys are coming towards the end of their careers. And where do the Mets go when they lose both of them? Because pitching is the name of, ga- name of the game in baseball. We see it every single year. It's a good move for the Mets, but it's why they, I believe they have a two-year window now. Justin Verlander is 39 years old yeah. right now. He'll be 40 next year, 40 this coming February. So, yeah, you're bas- this is basically the, end, the last two years of Justin Verlander's career, very likely, and we'll see if the Mets can make that jump over from being a 100-win team, losing in the wildcard game. Um, but, yeah. I was just going to stay on the top of baseball really quick because I don't know if you've seen There's been some cryptic social media messages, which is everybody's favorite thing in the world when it comes to professional athletes. Miles Straw being one of them. Uh, Miles Straw has unfollowed the Guardians on some social media accounts, and he followed them back. Now he's unfollowing them. And this is the same time as the all-star center fielder, Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates, has requested a trade, Mitch. This is a guy that the Pirates offered to make the richest or give the biggest contract in the history of the Pirates organization to, and he said, no, we know winter meetings are going on right now. We know that this is where a lot of things happen. This is where moves happen that we don't see coming. We know that the guardians, according to sources are the front runner to get uh, Sean Murphy from the Oakland athletics. But Mitch, could this be the splash that we don't see coming? Could the, could the guards be involved in going after all-star center fielder, Brian Reynolds? 
it'd be a decent pickup. I mean, he would be a nice fit into that offense or that outfield scheme. And as far as the straw thing goes, I never believe, I never take into account any of those unfollowing the team, unfollowing right. the coach, unfollowing the player's grandmother until something actually happens. That that it's just dumb. To, that's just dumb to me. But um, Reynolds would be an interesting one. I was going to say already this year, I was already seeing if we can court in Josh Bell, a former pirate, but, um, but that would be an interesting one. I, I could see them trying to make a move for him. Well, and Josh Bell all of a sudden is skyrocketed probably as the number one free agent target for the guards and other teams that need a first baseman. Now that Jose Abreu is off the market, I would take Bell. The big thing with Bell Mitch is he's a switch hitter. That is huge because how many times last year did we have to see Josh Naylor get taken out of the lineup against a left-handed pitcher because he didn't do well against left-handed pitchers. I think if you can, I still think we're doing one and both. I think we're going to sign somebody and I think the guardians are poised to make a trade and I'm excited to see what it is. It just makes you wonder, like I said, it's everybody's favorite thing. Who are they following on social media? Who are they unfollowing on social media? It's the biggest mystery that we never get the answer to. And I just thought it was ironic that miles straw, who we know had a very down year offensively at the plate, worst year in his career. Also then technically the best defensive center fielder in all baseball. Um, there's been rumors they signed him to the extension. So he's under contract for four more seasons. And now Reynolds wants out. This is my favorite time about news rumors for baseball. So yeah, deal with it. If you're out there and you don't like it. I will deal with it. And I will sign off the show by thanking you for watching uh, to the big time sports podcast show and listening as well. Also uh, you can know your follow us here, Spotify, Apple podcasts, and SoundCloud, the same name. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Be sure to like, subscribe at the bell. Uh, big time sports, Ohio.com BTS, Ohio on Twitter, big time sports, Ohio, Facebook and Instagram at Mitch Spinell at Mitchell Bala. Mitch, what's the fact of the day? Your fact of the day, since this is a victory Monday and we are going to Cincinnati next week. Yes. I know Bengals, Tigers, whatever, but a tiger skin is actually striped just like the fur. A lot of people think it's just the fur and no two fur patterns are alike. No two fur patterns are like, oh, that makes sense. It's like snowflakes. Have you, I would, I would see a shaved tiger. Yeah. I could, yeah. I'm looking at a picture of a shaved tiger right now. And if this isn't Photoshopped, then the stripes are on the skin, just like the fur. So you were right. So that's a good fact for this episode. And we thank you all for listening to this episode of the big time sports podcast show.